Hey, hey welcome Joe. to Pressing Issues. Spooky edition. This is the spooky edition. This is probably one of our lower key intros, I would say. Yeah. This is, we're coming off like a little bit where normally we come like roaring in. <laughs> Absolutely steamrolling. And this time I think we're still like, you know, but it's a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. It's lazy. We're in Cohen's bedroom. Yeah, we're figuring it all out. We're first, figuring it all out. Uh, I have an zoomy. enormous pop filter on my microphone and it looks... Yeah, should we get a clip for the gram? We will get a clip for the gram, okay. I think, at some point. <laughs> um, but hi, welcome to Pressing Issues Spooky Edition. This is our Halloween special. Yeah, hopefully coming out on Halloween. Not, yeah, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. Um, it will, it will manifest. But it's been... I'm it's, Rowan. I'm Joe. And we... Should we introduce yeah, ourselves right now? Yeah, let's introduce our guests right yeah. away. Uh, make yourself known. Hello. Um, thank you for having me. I'm Chris Gooch. Uh, I make comics. I live in Melbourne. I'm hey, excited. Chris Gooch. Yeah. yeah. Hello, Another guest. guest. Yeah, two guests in a row. This is like, this is wild. Yeah. Hell wow. yeah. Yeah, Chris is great. I've, uh, I don't know if you remember Chris, but I like reviewed your comics for Multiversity a couple of years ago. Yep. Yeah. I remember sending you books during COVID too, I think. Yeah, I have like two copies of your like Under Earth Rizzos, (laughs) which are great. I think they're still holding up. And then I've got your Bottled and um, what's the short story collection again? Deep Breaths. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, really great stuff. Listeners, check it out. We'll do a plug at the end. We'll do a proper plug. This is a brief plug. This is a brief plug. Um, But yeah. Um, This is also our first ever... Zoom episode. Yeah. <laughs> Rowan and I and Cohen are in Sydney, of course, and Chris is all the way down in Melbourne. So we're doing. So if there's any technical issues, listeners, please bear with us. Um, blame it on Cohen. Blame it on Cohen. <laughs> Just absolutely go off in the comments on Cohen. Yeah, the comments. Um, yeah, all of you comment. <laughs> <laughs> please comment. Email in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> email in, but just email yeah. in saying like, fuck Cohen. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Poor guy. Sorry, Cohen. Yeah. Um, but it's been a little while since we recorded. Yeah, you want to catch up? Yeah, what's up? How are you going? Oh, pretty good. What have you been watching? What have you been reading? What have you been doing? Um, I haven't really been... Oh, no. You know what? I saw Nope, and that was a pretty spooky stuff watch. Wait, when did you... Did you see it at home, or did you go to the movies? No, I went to the... I did a solo movie watch. It's still out. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, I think so. It's been out since, like... I watched it, like, two weeks ago. Oh, wow. What did you think? I loved it. It was excellent. It's good movie. Yeah. Chris, any thoughts on Nope? I loved it. Um, yeah. My favorite Jordan Peele one for sure. I really, really liked it. Um, yeah. I would kind of agree. I came out of it initially and I was like, hmm, as good as Get Out. But the more I've thought about it, I'm like, no, actually, I think Nope is better. It's It's got like just like he, he's he always came in with a confidence, but Nope has this kind of like absolute kind of fuck you confidence yeah. that it just... Very few filmmakers get away with these days. Yeah. Yeah. And like heaps of trust in your audience as well. Oh, yeah. Which is insane. And I love it. And also Come just on, like... Have you seen Nope? You gotta see Nope. You gotta. Have you seen Get Out? Have you seen Us? I haven't seen Us yet, actually. I haven't seen Us. I, I did it. rewatch Get Out a week ago and still amazing. Is this your... Is this your... Like, were you going through like a spooky season Kinda. Film? Kinda. So, I've been... The last week, especially, trying to consciously do more spooky things. <laughs> Live a spookier life. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I I read uh, the comic Victor Laval's Destroyer, which is a modern-day Frankenstein sequel mm-hmm. in comic form, which is pretty good. Um, and I've been meaning for, like, the last week. I, <laughs> I have a PS1 classic that I hacked. Um, that I installed the game Parasite Eve on. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about this the other night. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I haven't played it yet, but I'm really keen to. So I got two more days of where I can plonk myself in front of my TV, probably sitting on the floor because the PS1 Classic can't reach further as far oh, it's away. it's got a cord. <laughs> it can't reach as far as my lounges. So I'll just be sitting on the floor playing this spooky little horror game. Um, I'm pretty keen to try it. I've never played it. Hell yeah. Have Stay you- up all night. Yeah, have all like stay go into Halloween tonight playing that game. Are you familiar with Parasite Eve, Chris? No, not at all. Sorry, that's okay. No one else here. <laughs> no one. Yeah. <laughs> when you told me the other night, I was like, "That sounds great." 
And I gave you a thumbs up and I was like, no idea what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, it's spooky. I don't know a lot about it, but I want to keep it that way until I play it. So, What if it's not spooky? What if you find out it's not spooky? Well, no, I'll let you know. Because I've been watching... So we watched... Um, my girlfriend and I watched all of the Scream movies. Oh, yes. You which I'd never, ever seen before. Um, and I got to tell you, great movies. <laughs> really great movies. I've never big, seen big, them. Big, big, big fans. I've never seen them. You just spend the whole time going like, Oh, they're in this. Oh, I didn't know they. That's where they started out. It's like, you know, like um, Jerry O'Connell and Timothy Oliphant and like all of these fantastic actors that are just popping up in these these sequels. And you're like, oh. That's that guy. That's that person. Oh, yeah. I love them. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And then the new one is really good. Great. It's like actually fun. Chris. I saw that one. On yeah, yeah. That one was good. I liked um, Dennis Quaid's son. He's generally pretty Jack unlikable Quaid. and everything, but it was good yes. in this. You were literally saying this I the was other literally day. The other night, Rowan and I were out and I was singing Jack Quaid's praises because he just seems like this kind of guy that is like totally unafraid to be whatever the mood, like he doesn't have an ego. And like, I've, I haven't, wa- I don't know if you watch The Boys, but I don't watch The Boys, but I like, he's going off on that as well. I don't watch The Boys. I, uh, I've seen some of The Boys. I find him so just horrible in that show just like whenever he's on the screen i'm just like this is the worst part of the show this is just like boring like an anchor around all the fun that i was having before with like people getting like blown up and all the guts and stuff and i just i don't like him at all in that have you seen plus ones like no oh Oh, that's he's like he's like his wedding rom-com yeah with um i can't remember her name but the uh woman from pen 15 who's really really funny yes Yes, Maya yes, Erskine? Yes, yes. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. And I like watched that and I was like, oh, he's really cool. He's like handsome and charismatic. And then I showed my girlfriend and she was like, fuck this guy. Like, that was, <laughs> he's a horrible, he's a horrible asshole in this movie and he's a charisma vacuum. And I don't know, maybe that's changed my opinion. I'm sure he's a nice man in real life. But, but, no, then, but then you see, <laughs> and, but then you see him in the new Scream and he's like, he's just chewing. So, spoiler alert, alert for the new Scream, hold. He's the killer. Like he's the yep. um, he's the screamer. He's one of the. So my girlfriend call it like <laughs> the, the character is Ghostface. That's yep, yep, that's yep. the character's name in Scream. Yeah. But every time, every time someone in the Ghostface mark came on, my girlfriend said, "Hey, that's Scream." <laughs> and I had to, and I had to explain to her that she no. was utilizing no, but she was using a concept that didn't actually exist. In that, like, there are very few horror franchises where. The, the franchise hey, that's is Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Hey, that's Friday the 13th. <laughs> hey, that's Halloween. Yeah, you know Halloween. She then told me to shut up. Um, yeah, no doubt. Understandably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I did. She might have but been yes, doing it for the, fun. Like, my, yeah, my girlfriend was riling calls. you up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it absolutely became like a bit for her. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, the minute, the minute I kind of react to something in that way, she'll be like, oh, this is a fun little bit that I can, you know... I can press that button a yeah. couple times. <laughs> my girlfriend she calls doesn't Chewbacca love how the much big I dog. This podcast. Hey, my girlfriend calls Chewbacca the big dog. Ooh, like, good. I like yeah. that. And like, she's funny, did, but like, like at the first time, it's like, oh, she was like, oh, what's that character? I haven't seen any of the Star Warses, and oh, that's the big dog. But now we've watched like, I don't know. There's so much Star Wars. We've seen a bunch of it. She knows who the character's name is, but refuses to not call him the big dog. I don't know. That's funny. That's a good bit. It's a good bit. Yeah. It's also kind of like when you pretend you don't know, like, like the band Green Day or something really mainstream to look yeah. like, like you're not a pathetic nerd or you're not like some <laughs> basic person or whatever, but yeah, you walk around being thing. like, oh, you mean the American idiots? Like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Just yes. giving them an innocuous name that like has something to do with them, but is weird. Um, hey, speaking of Star Wars. Oh my God. You lit a fire. I lit a fire. <laughs> Um, I've been watching Andor. Oh yeah, I haven't been watching it yet. Is good. Is I watched the first episode. Yeah, it was. It, I was like, oh, this is pretty decent. It just like, felt like TV. Sorry. It actually, it just actually felt like TV. Yeah. For the first time, like, I don't know if you've listened to our other episodes, and you know, um, but I truly, truly hate so much of this Star Wars TV. Why are you laughing at that? He might have listened to our other episodes. I no. <laughs> Every time Star Wars comes up, Joe absolutely pops off. Yeah, i got to pop off. 
No, this one isn't a big rant. This is not a big one. This is just um, what happens when you put good writers yeah. into a room and you get them to write a thing that isn't bound by legacy characters or, um, and then they also shoot on good sets and actual locations and not just fucking LCD (laughs) screens. And it, so it looks good. Okay. So it is actually shot on location. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's, there's quite a few locations unless someone's going to like correct me and be like, no, that's actually in which case for that right now. Okay. Um, (laughs) but yeah, it's the, the frustrating thing is it's absolutely got me back on, it's I just, back on my bullshit. I can't will myself to do it. I'm like, I'm sure it is good, but I just can't dip my toes in there again. You gotta it's jump too in. Stressful. Don't dip your toes in. Jump in. <laughs> yeah. It's a stressful. It's like jumping into like a raging ocean where you're like, <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen. Chris, have you been indulging in anything spooky lately? I saw Barbarian at the cinema the other day, which was so good. Like, um, have you guys seen that? It's definitely one of those movies where it's like, like, don't watch the trailer, just go in cold. And like, the only thing you need to know is that it's very tense and stressful. Like, as long as you know what you're signing up for in that department, then it was, it's amazing. I guess like what I want to start with is like, how do you folks like your horror or like, you like your spookiness? Like, well, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) So... uh... I think to counterpoint what I suspect is your taste in horror, I like to get deeply fucked up by horror. I don't indulge in it a lot, and I feel like it's only been in the last couple of years that I have. But every time that I do, I like something that I'm going to be kind of simmering on and thinking about when I'm trying to go to sleep at night. Mm. Um, Like uh, Uzumaki, which was going to be the subject of this episode. I'm very glad was not. Yeah, we were going to spiral into horror. Junji Ito, now an NFT guy, so he's cancelled. Oh, no, really? Yeah, he is! (laughs) (laughs) I know it sucks! (laughs) Oh, well. I know. It's Look, he's still good. Folks, I'm really sorry for your loss. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he's just got, like, a mortgage or something. Got bills to pay. (laughs) I don't respect the hustle, but I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you got to do what you got to do, I guess. Junji Ito does not... He's earning a shitload of money, I bet. You reckon? Yeah. Uh, he's big. Yeah, but how... Like, there, surely there's a ceiling in for comic creators in terms of how much... Uh, he, he lives in Japan, which is like the comic capital of the world. Yeah, true. But mm, uh, anyway, I don't want to get into the economics of... <laughs> <laughs> what what artists and writers are and are not paid Yeah, look, that's fair That's fair <laughs> um, um, Okay, so you like to indulge You like to kind of like let it seep in You like to like let it simmer Yeah I'm more of a tongue-in-cheek person Yeah But also like I think a lot about like what I actually do find scary scary And what I like about the Scream movies is that they're not scary scary They're jump scares which kind of get you But I don't have to sit on for ages Yeah the things that I do find like scary, scary are like, it's like weirds, like when things aren't right. Mm. Yeah, I like body horror a lot actually, which is basically what Uzumaki is. Yeah. So like, weird side tangent, but like, have, have either of you seen Cabin in the Woods? No. Yep. Yeah. So Cabin in the Woods cancelled. Oh no. Who? Cancelled. Joss Whedon. Yeah. He, oh, right, yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. but he he <laughs> produced it, but Joss um Drew Goddard wrote and directed it, so he's not as cancelled. I don't think he's cancelled. Oh, I didn't know he didn't write it. That's good. Yeah, yeah, we like um, um we like Drew. <laughs> we're back on. We're was back he on. the hotel movie guy? Did yeah. he do that one that's like Chris Hemsworth, the cult dude, and then yeah, that and he did, and like he him, did the yeah. first episode of Daredevil, and then bounced. Right. So he's he's got the created by credit on Daredevil, and then really? he was like, "See you later." Ah, oh. he got the money, and he's been talking yeah. about mate. They Sony been trying to make him do a um Sinister Six movie forever. Oh, that that's yeah. where I know the name. Yeah, yeah, in all those. But anyway, like, there's a part of, like, speeding through it, there's a part in um, Cabin in the Woods where all of the, like, monsters from horror are in a um, a cage. And, you know, there's, like, monsters that will rip you apart and all this other things. And then there's just this guy, this bald guy. He looks a bit like the engineers from the um, Alien franchise. And he's just <laughs> staring. He's just standing still and he's staring at the camera. And, like, everyone was 
I watched it with a bunch of friends and everyone was jumping at the um at the jump scares and then that guy came on and I was like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it, like no. it sunk deep into my bones, this guy just like giving me a creepy glare. And then I was like, that's what's scary to me. That reminds me of the bit in Get Out, because it's so fresh on my mind, where one of the um one of the servants on the reserve is running. Yeah. Terrifying. Yep. Yeah. And also like and then there's the bit in um Parasite where it cuts away to a shot of the of the da- like of the um doorway to the going to the basement and you just see the top half of the guy's head. Mm. You don't know someone's down there, you just see these eyes. And I remember watching that and being like set fire to my house. Like <laughs> I hope that goes to hell. Burn it all. But anyway, Chris your what is your experience with horror? What is your the horror of choice? Um I I like um just like fun horror to watch in the background. Slashes like bad horror sometimes, like maybe directorial debuts and stuff where it's not mm. doesn't hang together so well and you know, you just make fun and, and hang out with friends and look on your phone half the time. But I also love like the other fuck me up stuff, like just incredibly tense and horrible. You gotta watch Barbarian. Like, just you're talking about like that guy and just like that whole movie, like five minutes in, you just like, oh no, something's so fucked. Like it's <laughs> great. This, this house is fucked. This movie's fucked. The whole thing. The it's whole all just about fucked. to like, yeah. Um, and I really, I really like horror movies that like escalate and escalate and escalate. Like, um, I remember I loved. I saw The Devil when I was a teenager. Like, I went back and tried to rewatch, and I didn't like it as much. But it's like. Have you guys seen that one? No. No, it's, it's like a Korean like hyper-violent movie and it's a serial oh, yeah. killer. Shocked that I missed that the... one. Sorry? Shocked that I missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> serial killer murders like a whatever the CIA is over there. Yeah. The FBI, like a Korean secret service guy's partner. And so he plays, like hunts him down and plays catch and release and just like tortures him and stuff. Great. And... Uh, yeah, it's just it's just a horrible movie where you spend like two hours just being incredibly tense and repulsed by everybody. Um, yeah, I'm down for that maybe once every six months. Sounds like a hoot. I kind of want to watch that and Barbarian <laughs> in the next couple of nights. So I'm gonna. Have you guys seen Kill List? No. Damn. No. I need to catch uh, up. I love Kill List. But I think like what we're kind of touching on is and why I think people love horror so much is that it's so like how broad yeah it is like there is something for everyone within the genre because like within the genre and I, you know this is true of so many genres but like within the genre itself there's subgenres and then there's yeah subgenres on subgenres and like you know and there's so it's something that you'll be able to find your niche within and something that you're like your taste and your niche there will be something for you because also it's you know it's so cheap to make in terms of films that like there will be something for you everywhere. Well, it's like that whole thing about like when Get Out came out and people were like, oh no, this is a comedy movie. And I was like, no, no, it is a horror movie. Mm. Like horror can be both. Yeah. Now the whole thing is elevated horror. Oh yeah. Which is a terrible (laughs) term. Let's not crack on that one. Elevated horror. But, but to segue uh, into horror can be so many things. Yeah. It can also be comics. It can be comics. Um, Chris, you are the one who suggested these comics. Do you want to introduce them? For sure. I think only I suggested uh, Bob Psycho. Oh, yeah, the, the Hellboy the one was yeah. my choice. But you did say Hellboy broadly. I think we talked about BPRD, which That's I love. That's true. That's true. Like BPRD deeply. Also good. Um, but yeah, so Bob Psycho is like very lightly spooky. It's, um, I think the best pitch is like you've probably everyone's mostly heard of one punch man it's by the same author and it's the much better version of that in my opinion it's like a high school kid who has is the just by default the greatest what esper or psychic in the world but like is being exploited for for like no money working as assistant to this fraud um he doesn't value the skills that he has because they're innate so he wants to like join the bodybuilding club to like get muscles and stuff. The yeah. body, the body improvement club. Yeah. Body improvement. So, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is the first volume that we read, which is like, if you watch the anime, maybe it's the first three, three episodes. Yeah. So it's definitely the, 
a bit of a like a I don't know finding its feet, testing out different things every chapter. Yeah, it's, and then I think it's kind of setting the finds table itself a lot into the volume. Yeah, yeah. In terms of spookiness, though, it's like most. It kind of has a sitcom setup in the sense that like a lot of the episodes and chapters are mob and his like fraud psychic teacher go and do an exorcism of some variety yeah or encounter some sort of paranormal thing um so it's kind of like that always under the week at this stage yeah. at this like bit, bit monster of the week kind of vibe yeah yeah for for this one and then it sort of like takes off a bit more and becomes a bit more of like a does the anime thing where it has like the great cast of characters um and dips in and out of them but yeah. it's also a parody like it's a like a pretty out and out parody of a lot of different anime shonen and and that sort of stuff yeah um, i i like kind of was picking up on that a bit but like i i i have only watched probably the anime as far as what this volume covers so i, I was interested to make some comparisons there as well but yeah it's i think it's like a fun kind of not chilling but like yeah halloween themed kind of comic to read i guess yeah, I find it quite, um, like, touching as well. Yeah. Maybe not the first volume so much, but you can see the direction it's going. Well, like, especially... I, I really love. Yeah, especially by the end when we get to the, like, um, the cult bit and, and you do... I, I have some takes on uh, on Mob's character in that that I, we'll get into, but... Um, get into him. No, no we'll, we got to introduce the other comic. Oh, we first. do have Yeah. Um, Am I also into doing yeah, that one? Yeah, go nuts. Yeah, go crazy. Okay, the other one is um, which the corpse, the Hellboy one shot. Yeah. That, according to the introduction, was like drawn two pages at a time to be featured in a Dark Horse book. Two pages really at cool. a time. Yeah. So like, that's what I did when I reread it this time. Is like, like two pages, and then that always ends on like a little, like little cliffhanger, a little hook, and then the next two pages. Um, it's really cool that way. It's he's got a little introduction right at the start of the whatever the trade paperback is, the chain coffin and others. Um, and he says it's based on an. I'm gonna get this right. Actually, maybe we can edit out the dead air. Uh, the Irish folktale. Um, yeah. Called. Yeah, because Tigo Kane and the corpse. Yeah, right. Because the first page has that little um. Except of the William Allingham or Allingham, Allingham. poem, which is like, it's kind of such a great scene setter for the rest of the comic, I think. Um, totally. But yeah, those are the two comics. Spooky. Very. Spooky comics. Um, Do we have a criteria of thoughts that we can kind of pull from that? I mean, they're not super similar. Oh, no, we... <laughs> Once again, I think we're gonna to have to break our own rules here, and, and like I don't know, like we can't compare these two. These, this is chalk I think, and I think we kind of can cheese. because they're both, in a sense, both of these characters are like jobbers. Oh yeah, that's fair enough. That's a good call. That's like, a good yeah. Hellboy, for the, for those who aren't familiar with the character Hellboy, and I don't think you super need to be to read this story, but I no. think that his kind of core essence is that. He he is like a spooky character, but he's also a guy that's just like he's just working. He's a working man. Like he's just got to go get the job done and like go home at the end of the day and drink a beer or something. But well, this yeah, this <laughs> um, and we will get more into it. But this like this story could have been any of those um, like this could have been Van Helsing. Like this could have been any of those kind of uh supernatural figures. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, Su- supernatural kind of like detective figures. Yeah, just doing a job. Yeah, like nothing. I think about this comic like screams like, oh, it's specifically needs to be Hellboy. You I, know what I mean? Like, I agree, but I think that Hellboy's kind of like casual, kind of. I, I don't know the way that he interacts with all the monsters, and he's kind of got this like, okay, let's just get this over with kind of attitude. Mm is very di- distinct to, like, Van Helsing is a bit more, like, involved in the job, I would say. That was, yeah. <laughs> that was just the... I was trying to think of any other supernatural kind of, like... No, I, I get what you mean, Fighter. Though. And um, I was like, I just drew a huge blank. Yeah. No, I think that's just, like, the flavour of what makes, like, a Hellboy 
kind of short, I suppose. Mm. And then I guess the the kind of parallel in Mob is that Mob doesn't really care that much about like supernatural stuff either. He's just like, I just want to have a job. Well, he doesn't really care much about anything, really. Yeah. <laughs> but he's just like, I just want to have a job. And also, I want to impress girls. <laughs> ah, we can all relate. Um, <laughs> Chris, when did you first come across Mob Psycho? Not that long ago. Um, I think it was whenever the first season of the anime was released, maybe like four or five years ago. Yeah, I possibly. think that would be when I, I, I caught the first couple of episodes when they were coming out. But, but for the same reason that you said, like... Um, because I, I was familiar with One Punch Man, and I was like, oh, cool, another parody-esque thing. But go on. Um, I don't know if I had more to say. Yes, <laughs> I... Maybe we can clip the dead air. But yeah, um, I probably wasn't super taken by the first several episodes, mm. or the what would be probably the first one and a half volumes. I liked it. I thought it was clever and cute and lovely. And then I... Like, I really love where it goes. Like, I think it is. It's very much like disaffected Japanese teen, alienated, uh, very, like, internal and separated from the world around them, makes a concerted effort to connect with those around them. And, I don't know, develops friends and has sort of like a, it's a bit condescending to call it like a light existential awakening, but decides what he values and starts to assert agency in his life. And, yeah, succeeds by the end, I guess. Like... Oh, so, so like is I find it that really charming? Is it finished? Sorry. Oh, I think the manga's finished. There's two seasons, and the third season's just started. Okay, um, yeah, right. Airing, but I have only watched the first two seasons because I like the anime better, even though I do love the, the manga. Like, I want to experience it as an anime first. So I'm waiting for season three to come out before I finish the manga. Yeah, I think that's interesting because. Um... Yeah, the manga has such a specific, like, kind of shit art style to it. Yeah. Like, you go, Joe. You look like you're oh, something I to say. Just, <laughs> uh, So I'm not, like, I'm a manga neophyte, 100%, and anime as well. I had such a hard time with this one. Really? Well, one, it was, again, it was 6 a.m. this morning when I was reading it. Fair. Um, but I was just like, I was like, give, I need something to grab a hold of. Like, I just, I had, and again, I think it's purely, like, because I don't want, you know, manga people to come at me, and I understand I that I understand that <laughs> I understand that it's, like, an entirely different form, and, like, it's just something I haven't read very much, but I was just, like, I was just at arm's length the whole time, and I was just, like, I don't, especially because, like, what, what, what you folks are saying is, like, it's a satire. I don't... Satire doesn't work unless you have an understanding of what is being satirized. Right. And so I went in, yeah, shit art style, like, <laughs> like, over, over, like, the big kind of manga splashes of those, like, intensely, like, oh, president, um, all that kind of stuff. When it, <laughs> and then I'm like, the situation doesn't call, you know, it took me so long. I definitely got more into it by the end. Yeah. Because when I, like, again, it became about... You'd been soaked by then. I'd, I had just been, like, bombarded. But I think once it becomes about, like, um, Mob actually taking on um, Dimple, there was actually, like, I'm like, all right, here we go. There's a clear, a slightly more clear, like, villain hero kind of, a, like, arc happening here that I can just latch onto. But, like, the first four chapters, I was like, what? What what am I doing here? <laughs> I felt like I was lost in the woods. I, I thought I was kind of excited to hear your dynamic because uh, what I, sh I assume and I know now that Chris is like a manga and anime guy and I'm a manga and anime guy. So I was pretty keen to see what it would be like from an outsider perspective. And now it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> it's really tough. It's yeah. just like, it's again, it's just like, it's a complete, it's a completely different form. It's nothing like what I am used to as reading. And again, like, it, I think that makes me hella basic, but it's just not what I'm used to reading when I think of reading comics. Like, yeah, it's just nothing. And again, so I, I'm, I, I think this makes it even more clear that like we shouldn't have done Uzumaki. 
<laughs> um, because that might have actually like fully destroyed me. That that's interesting. Uzumaki's rough too. Like I read that for the first time this year, just because I've always been meaning to get around to it. And like the first half of that, like must be like a thousand pages, right? It's just short stories over and over again. Like he's just pumping them out every two weeks or every month. Yeah. And then like for, for me, that book like kicks off after the halfway point when I think maybe he's got like an audience that's definitely going to be there and he can start doing the more interconnected longer form, like everything spiraling and fucking up and falling apart and disintegrating. Mm. That's Whereas the monster of the week stuff in Uzumaki. Yeah. That, doesn't grab that makes me. sense. The more that I think about it now. Well, we're talking about Uzumaki a lot for a podcast that's not about Uzumaki. <laughs> okay, sorry. No, sorry. no, 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 it's um, good. But I guess, like, so what I'm going to kind of do is I'm just going to ask you folks questions. Yeah. Um, cool. I think I'm going to take mm -hmm. on the role of... Um, so, you know, our whole thing with this one is that it's about... We're looking at spooky stories. Why do you think the manga form is such a good way of telling spooky, spooky stories. stories? Or... Spooky, yeah. How Like, why is it such a good... Like avenue for spooky stories um i guess it depends like depending what kind of manga you're talking about if it's like uzumaki or um i think we talked about before the audio died um blood, blood, blood on, on the, the tracks. tracks yeah like that like they can be really like that deeply atmospheric like super decompressed sort of storytelling and um depending what you're looking at like a really nice mix of like simplified like cartoony rendering and like more detailed stuff that gives us sort of a really and it really sucks you in like um again to reference uzumaki like <laughs> like all those like iconic images are so perfectly rendered yeah versus you know i don't know they have like jokey parts and stuff but in terms of like mob um as horror like i just really love how it's it's just one person making it like probably on their desktop pc at home like yeah I've read a bit about this guy's life. I'm not sure when he made this, but I know so, that he made... Sorry to interject. This, this is written and illustrated by a guy whose pseudonym is just one. One, yes. Yeah. Um, and he drew, he wrote and drew um, uh, One Punch Man, I think when he was like in uni and then he went and off, like became like a salary man or something, uh -huh. got a day job and like his output declined and like it sort of, like I started going away until the the artist whose name I don't know, who's the amazing illustrator, started oh, adapting and uh, everything like that. Y Yusuke Murata, I think. Yes, Murata. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that sort of reinvigorated him, like reinvigorated One Punch Man, and possibly led to the creation of this. And what what I really like about Mob is that it's idiosyncratic, and when it comes to horror, it's just like weird, silly, whatever this guy's thinking of, like. It's on the page. He just draws it. Yeah. And I love the art in this. Like, I don't know <laughs> if it's necessarily the best to, to read, but it's just like, I don't know. It's filled with so much energy and I, I can agree. see exactly where it's going for. Um, it is also fantastic that you have this, which is like, looks like it's being, you know, bashed out for a, um, on a deadline. I'm pretty sure it was originally published on the Shonen Jump app just to read on your phone. So it's not like, you know, it's not designed for like a deluxe format or anything. It's just that's interesting. Like utilitarian, because that's the way I read it on my phone, and it seemed to pop really well. Um, it seems like a lot of the the characters and like their forms and figures are big enough to stand out on a small screen. Interestingly, and yes. e even like the simple line work, I think lends to that as well. Mm. Um, I do love also that there is the like with One Punch Man. There's the messy comic and then the beautifully rendered version like the anime yeah. is maybe like the best some of the best animation in the past like decade yes yeah, so i i read about anywhere. that yeah he's got like the original webcomic version and yeah the much more detailed use game writer version and then yeah i've seen those first couple episodes of one punch man and they are kind of mind-blowingly like lovingly rendered scenes of animation um same with Bob psycho like the anime is like top tier it's amazing so you get both like the rough almost storyboard looking yeah and the you can enjoy the the fantastic like technically amazing stuff as well yeah so, so did should you guys we... like it sorry out of curiosity did you like it like i, I really liked it 
As I was reading it, I was like, well, Rowan's having a fucking, like, grand old time with this. I know they are. Like, yeah. And, okay, I didn't not, I I, want to kind of now backtrack and make sure I don't sound like, because there's a bit of a narrative going on in our podcast where I have a tendency to come in. I'm like, this sucks. Like, (laughs) um, and I'm a bit of a negative Nancy. Like, I think I did, I did enjoy it. It just, it just not, like, again, it just took me. A little while to figure out how to read it. Yeah. Because again, like like you said, it's it's so entirely an auteur's creation that it's, you know, you have to figure out how this person has chosen to tell this story that you have to then get on their wavelength and you have to be able to like you know, ride their ride their wave. And it just took me a little bit too long at six AM to try. I, I, I <laughs> try and get there. I think that's an interesting point, and I like the use of auteur because it kind of does feel like it's like you take that kind of stereotypical manga anime look and then filter it through a guy who looks like he's drawing it in like MS Paint or something on a deadline. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. It has that kind of very specific vibe of like this is kind of a mishmash of influence, but also through a very specific lens, I mm. think. Um, but yeah, to, should we get a quick run through of the three kind of main plots or the overall Go zero to 100 Go nuts. kind of storyline? So did we, we, we kind of touched on it. Mob is, yeah, this character who is the best psychic in the world. He, I, yeah, I think it's like quite sitcom I guess the main kind of story beat is that by the end, we find out that Mob is... Uh, has been kind of repressing emotions all his life. Um, kind of is there, is there like a specific trigger point for that that is mentioned? I think it's just dealing with daily bullshit. You have like the his percentage go up at the end of every um yeah his like psycho mob psycho percentage right his explosion mm-hmm. yeah explosion point yeah 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 um, which, yeah. which I think is kind of a fun little like oh tension is building what's going to happen when he hits 100 moment mm. especially in the like last couple of chapters when it really skyrockets you're kind of like oh no what's going to happen yeah when he's actually facing against a a nemesis yeah yeah um but i, I was kind of talking to cohen about this earlier when i was reading it um and especially in the bit where people keep saying mob you're so like unsympathetic you can't read a room they keep saying over and over you can't read a room you can't get the atmosphere um i was like is mob like autistic coded? yeah that's what i was wondering as well like you is know it, maybe not necessarily like completely coded and you know written that way but is he one of those characters that have now been kind of in the same way that like drax and guardians of the galaxy yeah has been accepted by the autistic community is like oh this is a really fantastic represent representation of of how we feel like yeah Okay, no idea. No idea. Do you... Um, I, I have no idea, but I think, yeah, you could totally read it that way. Mm. Yeah, because I, I did a quick Google, I, like, after I read that bit where they're like, you can't read the room. I was like, that seems, like, quite on the nose. Mm. And there there have there are good essays out there, it looks like it. Um, so definitely worth checking out if you're interested cool. in that. Um, but, yeah, Mob Psycho, good. Depends who you ask. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's quickly click over to Hellboy the Corpse. Well, then it's interesting because we're, we're talking about auteurs. Like, yeah. We have kind of inadvertently selected two very different, like, opposite ends of the spectrum. But the thing that kind of really does connect these two now is that they are both incredibly singularly written. Mm. Like, they are, they are, like, Hellboy is Mike Mignola's, like, baby. Yeah. It's written, illustrated. Does he do the coloring? No, no. That's a uh, Matt Hollingsworth to credit that. Oh, we've yeah. spoken about Matt Hollingsworth before. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's pretty prolific. I think he's done a whole bunch of stuff. Probably on the Aliens one that we did, the Mike Mignola the Aliens. Mike Mignola one, yeah. <laughs> <I think we laughs> did. Um, yeah. Let's talk. Let's chat about uh, the corpse. Yeah, uh, it's good. Fun story. I like. <laughs> I read this one second, so it was it did feel a bit kind of more 
familiar to me and it was a bit of a kind of like oh a bit of a sigh of hey this is like i understand this this is this is 20 pages this is you know six panels a page like <laughs> this is left to right um <laughs> and so it, wow it, come I def- for him come for me jeb honestly drag me um but this i think is just a real it's like an edgar Allan poe-esque yeah short spooky story um so basically to run through the plot very quickly uh hellboy enters kind of in media res into a um a a couple in ireland back in um where's the date on it top page 1959 1959 they come in He's been asked to look at their baby because the baby has been giving him funny looks, giving him funny looks, and and <laughs> giving him sass. Um, he discovers that the baby. Is, so are these creatures like trolls? Are they goblins? I don't really know what these creatures are supposed to be. Well, I would say it's kind of like whatever the. So this is based on like Scottish folklore, right? I would say it's whatever the Scottish, Scottish or Irish. Irish, pardon me. It's whatever the kind of or Irish fae equivalent. Of yeah, that is I would say. Anyway, so a goblin. The goblins have taken. I'm going to call them goblins. Um, drag me if you need to. <laughs> they uh, kind of are. I think they kind of called them that. Goblins have kidnapped this baby, and basically, Hellboy just has to go through a series of tasks to get the baby back. And the main task includes burying a a dead a corpse. corpse. <laughs> um, and it's just kind of like this fun little adventure through spooky, like the spooky Irish countryside. Yeah. Um. He battles a big monster. Grom. Grom. Um, Love that guy. And then he gets them back. He gets the baby back. It's it's so, uh, like, amazingly brief. Um, yeah, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think, Chris? I really like it. It's the first Hellboy comic I ever read. I'm pretty sure I just got it as a single issue for free at a free comic book day one time. Oh, wow. Um, it's super atmospheric. Um I feel like yeah, it's it's probably like if you want to sell somebody on Hellboy, mm. it's probably the the one to do. Personally, no other Hellboy stories ever lived up to this one for me. Really, I love BPID. I don't really like. I love Mike Mignola's art. Um, I love the BPID series. I don't. I haven't really been able to get into any of the other Hellboy books so much. What's keeping you at bay? You reckon? I mean, I've tried. I just don't. I just don't get into it. I don't know. Like, I start reading them and then I don't mm. keep reading them. I, I like, think... get them from the library and... What what I'm kind of getting is that, like, BPRD, from what I've read, has much more... Of, it's more pointed. It kind of has a focus. Especially the first, like, the Plague of Frog arcs. Mm. Like, that's like a whole long-form story. Whereas Hellboy kind of excels more in these short story forms in how like malleable the protagonist is mm. and can just kind of be plopped into like a plop. I don't know why I said plopped. <laughs> yeah. He's plopped into an environment. Like there's yeah. a big, there's a big splash page and it says plop. <laughs> yeah. But there, there are so many good bits to this. And like, uh, this is like pretty early in Mike Mignola's career, I think. Well, not early, like he's pretty established, but, um, He's really playing well with the form, I think. One of the favorite, the things that like immediately clicked on to me, the bit where Hellboy is about to meet those three skeletons. They're not skeletons. They're like goblins. Yeah, the goblins. They're like goblin men. I don't know. Yeah, and um, when he's about to meet them and it's got that kind of five panel sequence of the hanged man appearing. That's the, yeah. That's the best page, right? Like, yeah, yeah, well, spoiler alert, that's and... my that's my one perfect <gasps> no, panel. you can't yeah. spoil oh, it. I just did. I, I can't tell you which one. I haven't told you which which panel. Oh, okay, okay. But anyway, right. that, that the panel is on that page. It's um, so good. That just, like, instantaneous, like, pop into... Uh, that's, like, that's how you do comics as horror. It yeah. has to have that kind of immediacy. I just think, like, the, the colour in this is the real hero yeah the the deep grays and the deep blues um just allowing the red of hellboy to just pop constantly and it's just it's that kind of like atmospheric night versus dark night 
if you mean you know what I mean? Like Yeah, it's kind of two sides of horror kind of mashed into mm. one almost. Um with, and it, it, it kind of does embody that like contrast of like Hellboy Hellboy makes it all okay because he's like a big bright flashing light where like otherwise if anyone else was dropped into this situation, mm. like they'd be like, oh shit, I've got to carry a corpse on my back and go into these potentially hazardous situations. Where like, yeah, exactly. I think Hell- Hellboy is like the action hero to make the horror a little bit more digestible. Almost. Yeah, because at no like the interesting thing about it is that at no point do, you, do the stakes feel as though you know, like I don't at any point feel any danger for Hellboy. Yeah, and I'm not sure. Like maybe that is like a a failing of the, of the thing, but I, I just don't think this story, this story is vibes over. Yeah. It's a vibes comic. It's a vibes comic. <laughs> That's um, a good point though. Um, because yeah, it, it's, it's definitely in that category of mob psycho where it's not, it's a spooky comic and it's a Halloweeny comic, but it's not super horror. No, it's no, it's got some skeletons. Kind of like haunted house. Yeah. Yeah. It feels more classic. Like I said, I think that's why I likened it to an Edgar Allan Poe. Because it's got that kind of like very early elemental kind of horror of just like, ooh, what if this this story will amaze you? Rather than this kind of like modern uh, torture porn body horror. (laughs) Like what we, I, I think like it's about what we kind of perceive to be horror now. Yeah. Versus, you know, these old haunted house stories. Yeah, I think that's a good point. So, I, yeah, I guess in that way it does kind of fit in there. Mm. But um, and I, I think the haunted house aspect is good, like whenever they kind of pop into a new uh, tomb, for lack of a better word, and then the, the corpses all kind of pop up screaming, no room. <laughs> <laughs> it all just seems so quaint. Yeah. That's what I think I like about it is that like And it's like a quiet horror story yeah. almost. And when it does like I when so when he comes across a big monster and that was the least like when I saw that I was like, Oh, this just turns into a big monster fight. But then it's now done it's a superhero in a, comic. Then it's a, it's done in a page. Yeah. That's true. I think that guy comes back later on. Yeah, I was like, thinking about that. Like later on in Hellboy's run. Yeah. Yeah. But but the the little imp he like p- possesses the guy right because the name Gruagak was really familiar to me. Uh, it, yeah, I, I don't definitely know. only half read the book. Did he? Can't, I just remember flicking through and be like, oh, that's the same imp and boar thing. Yeah, Hellboy but, yeah. fans come at us. It's fine. Imp, that's a good yeah. one. They're imps. That's it. Yeah, they're not goblins. They're imps. But it, it definitely um, has kind of that like clean resolution. But but then there's also that kind of I, I think I, Edgar Allan Poe really is like a good draw for this because mm. there's these really like like portents and warnings that are all around the end where people are like oh we had to let Hellboy win because he's Hellboy. Kind it kind of, of reminds me of a Con- like the Conan story yeah. that we that we read. These kind, like I'm just such a fan of anything that's self-contained. Yeah, that exists within a universe, but like is a clean entry point. And it's just like a one and done. Yeah. Well, Mike Mignola is a big fan of not only like Conan, but um, Lovecraft kind of imagery and stuff, which I think is pretty obvious. Yeah, pretty clear. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, it, it. yeah, he draws a lot from that kind of like pulp storytelling. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um. Oh. I like the um, once like rereading it, I'd remembered most of it except maybe the ending with the fairies or imps or whatever. I like that sort of like, like that sadness that's that's there where they're like, oh, we know that we are like a dead species. We're not reproducing. There's going to be no more of us. We're going to take this child and raise it. Um, and now we're going to go off into the, the shadows under the world or whatever. It's kind of like, it's very witchery or maybe the elves and Lord of the Rings, like, well, you know, all the magic in the world yeah. is kind of dying and you just yeah. left with like. That's a good draw. You know. It's interesting because it, it like rather than it being a story of good and evil, there is it's just a story of two kind of benevolent sides just trying to survive. It's you know there is at the end they're saying like we were you know yeah what we did was wrong but we did it to survive. It's not and like and now we won't and now we won't and but also that Hellboy says he's like no they'll they'll play by the rules 
They've got like mm. this. This is it's not a malevolent force that's trying to take over. It's again. I think that's why I think it's so quaint. It's just this borderline misunderstanding. Yeah. <laughs> We accidentally took a baby. Yeah, they're like, oh, we took a baby. Sorry. <laughs> but if we don't take it, our species will die. And everyone's like, oh. Oh, man. Oh, oh, we need our baby back. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of a good point. And I think that is, like, kind of what makes Hellboy both interesting and, like, kind of an outlier of horror as well. Mm. That, like, it's horror-themed, but no one's ever... Everyone kind of has, like, a reasonable agenda. Yeah, it's yeah. Except for like the guy who just wants to bring the old gods back. Have you have you seen the movies? No. Oh, you should see them. They're good. I know. I, I think really you would should. like them. You're talking about the new one with David Harbour, I, I assume. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> Apparently, it's bad. Um, yeah. No, I need to watch the the Guillermo. Yeah, they're a good time. The one or two, two, two. Hmm. Got to watch it. Um. Anything else anyone wants to draw on? No. It's a good time. It's a good time. Hellboy's a a fun character. Probably not as much kind of like character development as Mob gets because of this of the nature of the story. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, I think like like I said like this is just he is not there to drive the story. He's there to do a job. Yeah, like, he's your POV kind yeah. of character, yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I got nothing else. Sorry, I've been awake since six a.m. <laughs> it's okay. I'm so tired. So I guess the kind of curriculum of this is what feels more like a spooky horror story, even though they aren't. Well, that's interesting because, like, like I said, like horror as a genre pulls from so much. So like, it depends what you like. Mob Psycho has the kind of teenage or not in. Mean, they're in like primary school. They're supposed to be like really, really young, but it has the like teenage high school, you know, uh, horror as a metaphor for growing up and feeling kind of out of your skin and all that kind of stuff. Like it's got all these kind of elements that you could pull from a, from any of the more modern horrors. Yeah. And this feels like a classic tale from beyond the crypt kind of, spooky ed again ed and poe-esque thing yeah so i think like i think genuinely it's you know these were tough comparisons because i think they're both doing something within a broad genre like yeah. and i think they're both doing it well yeah i'm trying to double back on my <laughs> my my truly heinous mob psycho um, I, I i i was take. like by the end of it i think uh, you know when when he clicks into 100 percent state Mm. The art really like it's like it gets oh, good. You thought I was a bad artist, like yeah, I know. This. And that's again, this is why it's all about like knowing what he's satirizing. Yeah, but I mean, even the early stuff isn't like it's intentionally like kind of rough. I think there's there's a lot of the kind of the panel layout, the pages and stuff, the way that he frames characters is all really solid. Mm. But it's just like the way that it's like it's intentionally drawn like pretty shit. Yeah. So it is funny that whenever it clicks over to one hundred, it's like, oh yeah, I'm good at this. This guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I think I think both have done a spooky job. <laughs> a spooky job. And that's what we want. And that's <laughs> what we want. That's what we're looking for. Should we click over to some perfect panels? Yes. Give me two seconds to get mine. Chris, do you have some loaded and ready? Uh, I can find some. Yeah, cool. I have some in mind. Um, what have you got, Rohan? So, um, I screenshotted a lot <laughs> of stuff from Mob Psycho just because I think there was so many, like, I hate to use this term, but memeable moments. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. Okay, mine, mine <laughs> is this one. Um, it's just mob saying today is no good. And it says chapter four <laughs> for oneself. Yeah. And I think it's like, it was, again, it was a moment where I was like, I had no idea what's going on, but the panel before it is like this is, um, the vice president like yelling, I beg, and it's just the, ju- the juxtaposition of, of drama and like, 
Oh um, yeah. So the the scene is like the the school club really wants him to join the telepathy club. Yeah. And he's very ambivalent about it. And just the, like the today is no good, I think is so funny. <laughs> um, and I'm always wondering if it's like if that's a direct translation or if that's the translator being like could be funny if he like rather than him saying like not today it's it could be funny if he says today is no, no good, good. yeah <laughs> that's uh, an interesting aspect of manga as well because this i don't know if this would be the same translator as what you have in the volume chris probably not because i think like the the english publishers are pretty good at doing takedowns and stuff for yeah like copyright takedowns and stuff it'd probably be a fan translation if it's if it's just off like manga reader or whatever yeah um yeah that's always an interesting aspect of it i guess my one that i had was a similar one to joe's i have a couple and i'll probably put them up on socials because they're kind of fun to look at but mine is the introduction to chapter five where (laughs) mobs running with the body improvement club and it says in order to change myself (laughs) i have joined the body improvement club and chapter five title is i just want to be popular (laughs) that's yeah <laughs> which is good and look that is terrifying <laughs> to have to go into a running club in high school <laughs> for people to accept um, you yeah i love the part where he's like um this has all been about smiling and happiness but nothing about whether you're attractive or not can i leave now yeah this one here <laughs> like when he's in the cult i, I like yeah i love the frankness that's um, what I think one does really well is kind of like have these really like what someone else perceives as really serious, intense moments and then have another character come in and like completely undercut it. Mm. With, without yeah. derailing the whole like pace of it. Yeah. 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 Really keeps it moving. And then like on the this... opposite end when Mob goes like 100% mode. It, it kind of tips the scales in the other way where mm. someone's trying to get out of the situation and Mob's like, I've had enough of this. Like No more. Yeah. Um, cool. We got some Hellboy panels. Oh, do oh we... wait, I have another Mob one. Yeah, oh, we, yeah. Um, this one, it's like kind of abstract. Yeah. When he's like... With the mill. Like, oh, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> um, for, for context listeners, it is when... Mob is in the cult and they are challenging him not to laugh by having each person drink milk and pull funny faces at each other and seeing who spits out the milk first. And then yeah. he's given milk that is clearly like, the, the, <laughs> and the panel says like, that wasn't just milk or something like, clearly <laughs> that was something wrong with the milk. Something was wrong with the milk. <laughs> Good stuff. And Good. the whole page is just like, it looks so great, but up close, it's just so hideous. Like, it's yeah. Just- like bad Photoshop textures, and like he's using this weird. It almost looks like like rotoscoping, or he's just done like the quickest, like vector trace of, of um, like the water on the eyes and stuff. It's real strange. Yeah, the way that it's um, like, yeah, it's so bizarre. Let me see if I can... oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. Somehow it looks it's even worse way. on the zoom. <laughs> <laughs> In a good way. But I think the best the best visual is definitely the cover. Like. Yeah, that's a good point. Graphic design for these things mm. looks great. Like it's, it's very cool. Like the yeah, the logo intermingling with anything, everything is great. Um, cool. Hellboys, Hell's Boys, Hell's Boys. All right, as as spoiled as before. spoiled. Mine is this one. So it's pointing guy, pointing corpse, pointing guy, pointing corpse. Guy. When so it's just we talk about it being a vibes comic. <laughs> taking four panels to like show that there's a corpse, that there's a um a rope that suddenly has a corpse on it and then all of a sudden the corpse points yeah it takes half like over half the page but it's like exactly what you and it like because the, the clock strikes midnight then yeah. the corpse turns up um and i think it's just like it's that perfect thing that comics can do where it's you know, versus something like a short story. At time dilation. Time dilation, but also just like, how do you make this spookier or have a hanging corpse point the way? Yeah, and come know, out of nowhere. And come out of nowhere and be not explained yeah. and then left alone. Yeah. It's, yeah, it was just like, when I read that, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> All right. I you- think 
to lift up my fucking library Jesus. edition here. Do you want me to hold you? Here, I'll hold your mic. Thank you. Maybe maybe it'll get handled less. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the shot... Thank you, Cohen. The shot of the kind of Irish fae all gathered and talking about Hellboy is a really good kind of... Um, I'm gonna... It's it's that good like uh, kind of world building that Mignola does in all his work where there's so much little intricate detailing. There's like the guy in the background has all these swirly bits and like a dagger hanging off him and there's all these fairies kind of flying around. It's just like it feels lived in, the panel. And the rocks below it have that like the swirls on them as well, which is a very Hellboy BPRD kind of thing, I think. Yeah, it's good. Colors are good. Silhouettes are good. Guys smoking a pipe. Smoking. Always cool. <laughs> Love that guy. It's always cool to smoke. Um, <laughs> if you learn one thing from this podcast. Yeah, it's always cool to smoke. <laughs> Chris, what have you got? Uh, I had... I picked two. I've got, like, Hellboy punching... Is it Jenny Green Teeth? Mm. Like, let me put it right up to the camera. Like, just oh, yeah. really cool... Like the fact that it's got the punch in there and the arm and the falling away. It's like all these different moments that shouldn't work like time-wise. Yeah. Make any sense, but it's just like a great getting punched panel. And then I also really love the baby at the start. Like yeah. he uses the same panel twice of just like, let me find it. Just like the baby looking like, like a- Yeah, that is. <laughs> just looking really worried. Um, I really love, yeah, I love like, repeated panels. <laughs> I think it's such a like what... clever little trick, like especially spaced yeah. out like that. Mm. I guess you just photocopied it too, probably. Yeah, um, back in those days, back in the old, but... days. back in the old days. <laughs> <laughs> it's also what children look like—they're just like weird little goblins that just stare at you vacantly. So, <laughs> yeah, the and little... then the immediate follow-up of going, "Ee, I'm found out." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's so good. Mike Mignola's good. Yeah, even in that, like, other, the punching scene, all the, like, curvy dots around Hellboy as he's, like, swimming. Mm. It's good shit. Good stuff. Yeah, good comics. Good comics. I think I have to land on Mob Psycho on this one. Oh, shocking oh, news. Um, <laughs> I land on Hellboy It kind of makes me want to watch more of the anime Or watch more of the manga Especially like the last third of it mm. I was like yeah fuck yeah This is this is Rowan core yeah. <laughs> Chris where where do your allegiances lie? Oh Mob Psycho but Hell like, yeah there's never any, <laughs> I just love that series so much It's There's no chance But um, Hellboy's great or at least the corpse is great. Like the corpse is great. Thank you for that um, consolation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I'm on Hellboy. Um, this is also the second episode in a row where you have ganged up on me. <laughs> um, but no, I just think like again, not to discredit Hellboy by any means. I no, love totally. that comic. Like, I think I've just got to. I've really got to learn how to read manga, especially if we read so much of it. We're going to read so much of it. In our upcoming series. Yeah. We haven't announced yet, but we'll announce it later. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Chris, what do you got to plug? Plug your work. Oh. Go off. Um, fuck, I don't know. Buy, buy my books, maybe. Or if you're in Melbourne or Australia, they're in a lot of libraries. Go get them. I have a short story collection called Deep Breaths, two graphic novels. First one's called Bottled, and the second one's called Under Earth. I think probably Under Earth's a bit better. Maybe get that one if you see it lying around. I like that. And then follow me on Instagram. Um, yeah. I'm at ChrisGooch44. So. Nice. Yeah. Get on it, people. Those are good books. Under Earth. I think I read that when you, like, kind of serialized it in three parts. It was great. Yeah, that was all Rizzo's and stuff. That was, like, such a bad choice. <laughs> that was so <laughs> exhausting. The first, yeah. Because um, I, I, I've got two copies of the first volume because i think one i bought from your store and then you sent me like the other three for review copies and the first one i got is i think falling apart a little bit but the other ones i've taken care of really well yes i've ha I had some people being like oh the you know what i'm not gonna say that that's fine people can have whatever opinions they like about the binding oh <laughs> <laughs> uh... yeah no. yeah buy chris's books they're great um do we have anything to plug 
No, thank you so much for being on the episode, Chris. No, thank you for having me. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Watch Barbarian. It's so good. <laughs> Hell yeah. I might watch it tonight. Fuck it. Oh, go off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got nothing else. Yeah. So you can follow us at Pressing Issues Pod on Instagram, Pressing Pod on Twitter. Uh, email us at Pressing Issues Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, that sounds right. Talk about anything. Um, yeah. Please rate and review us. Yeah. That'd be great. I don't, know if, I don't know if we have any reviews. <laughs> we do. We do. We got reviews? Yeah. On iTunes or on... On, on, on Apple. I think uh, there's one... There's one I don't know who it is, but there's one who's your girlfriend. Oh, did Rebecca... <laughs> <laughs> she's um, the best. And there's another one. Yeah, she's the best. She is the best. <laughs> so please rate did and review. Did you get five stars? Yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine if I went on there okay. and I would found out that Rebecca gave us like one star. Oh, she no, was like, if she gave you like If she gave you like three stars, that would be yeah, that worse would be... somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please. With it, with it just like, not my cup of tea. Yeah, I can appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. They seem like they're trying. <laughs> yeah. That's it, guys. That's it. What, what do we got coming up next? Um, so we're going to be starting a new miniseries. It's going to be our slices of life. Yeah, we're going to be looking at some uh, mangas and some, um, mangas. and some other comics, all dealing <laughs> with various... Uh, it's going to be all slices of life, naturalism, dealing with... The age, you know, I'm fucking explaining this so horribly. <laughs> we're we'll, come, about, we'll come up with like a clean yeah, logline. It's going it. to be like uh, different kind of literally slices of life. Like we're looking at kids first, young adults. You'll love it. You'll be we'll following. explain it better. <laughs> yeah. But so the first is going to be kids and we're going to be looking at the Raina Telgemeier graphic novel Ghosts. And the manga Yotsubato with the little green haired girl from Portion. Yay! Get excited! Alright. Thank you, everyone. Thank, Thank you, Chris, you. again. Bye, everyone. Bye.